Welcome to the Passion Behind the Arts show. It's all about diving in with individuals to learn the story behind their passion. It's your host, Daryl Pinnock. It's another week, another amazing guest, and another opportunity for me to bring you value through someone else's story. This week's episode is brought to you by Liquid Web, a premium, high-performing hosting company. They work with companies like Home Depot, National Geographic, FedEx, and much more. You can go to liquidweb.com and use the promo code PASSION33, that's PASSION33, to save 33% off your first three months. So without further ado, let's jump into this week's episode. Oh my goodness, episode 100 live event was amazing. So much value. Each guest broke down just various ways on on how they turned their passion into dollars. And I mean, I'm just so thankful, so grateful for each guest, so grateful for each person that came on and joined like it was just an amazing experience yes i was beat after just streaming live for nine hours it was crazy but it was well worth it you guys are in for a treat a truly a treat so get ready for an amazing experience on how on how each guests turn their passion into dollars all right so for those who are joining um i this is my 100th episode live stream celebrating the 100th episode and i'm having different people come on all day Eliana is my third guest for the day um just sharing how they turn their passion into dollars and Eliana, kind of give us a snippet of who you are and we go from there. Yeah, so I'm an illustrator and surface designer. And in January, I came out with my first book. Um, I went to school for graphic design and didn't even know surface design was a thing. So to be doing that now is really cool. Um, and I guess I make my income in so many different ways, <laughs> um, which I think every entrepreneur can relate to. But there are, you know, they say millionaires have seven different revenue streams. Mm -hmm. And so we'll talk about that a little bit, but there are just so many ways as an entrepreneur to kind of funnel your passion and some work and some don't work. <laughs> but I think that's the key to test it out though. I think that's the key yeah. to just kind of try it, try it, try it. So let's jump in. How are some of the ways that you kind of generate revenue? So one of them is client work. And so that means working with them on branding or working with them on surface design, which I think a lot of people don't know what surface design is, but basically like you go to a store and you see a pattern of fabric, a spot illustration that could be on greeting cards that could be on literally the clothes you're wearing, like the t-shirts that you buy, um, have, have surface design on them. Um, gift industry, like stationery, there's a ton of, so that's one, one aspect. I'd say that's 50 to 60% of my income is service design or client work. Mm -hmm. Then, um, another way was I have an Etsy shop and, um, a shop on my own website, um, where I make a planner. I got it right here. Make this planner. Oh God, I just hit myself in the face. It's going really well today. 
um, I make this little planner and I sell that on my Etsy shop and that brings in probably 20, 25% of my income. Nice. And the other 25% is maybe passive income or random jobs or like things on creative market, selling fonts or in combination with, um, I actually have a list right here of all my revenue. It's a printout from my book. I have a list. Um, com- you know, like commissions, like kind of those weird jobs where we get and we're like, well, I'm going to do this, but maybe it's not something for my portfolio. Um, I teach on Skillshare. That brings in a little bit of money. Um, and then I have a book, which the book just came out in January. So to be honest, I have no idea what sort of income it will generate. Um, but hopefully it brings in some income because um, it took a lot of time. So there's so many different ways. And so, um, you know, Skillshare or Creative Market are not big generators, but they're, you know, a nice a nice little cushion um, a couple times a year because I think both of those are quarterly payments. Um, so that's like a nice little sum sum. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's to be honest, like my income. That, that's that's pretty cool. Like um, I, I knew about the book, I knew about the planner, I know, of course, I know about client work, and um, but I didn't know like you did all that other stuff. Like that's awesome. yeah. A, I'm really bad at talking about it. And B, I think basically the way for me it works is that when I have a low client month, I'm like, hey, maybe I'll work on a Skillshare class or maybe I just get an idea for a Skillshare class. And then I'm like, I got to push this out right away before someone else does the exact same thing. Like if I see a void, um, for example, I have a class on Skillshare about making Instagram GIFs or GIFs or whatever you want to call it. Yes, I've seen that. Yeah. And it's, it's not a, you know, a top class or anything like that, but I wanted to make my own and I couldn't find a class to teach me. So I was like, I'll just, I'll just make it. And I ended up staying up like all nighters for like three nights to try and get it done before I left for a vacation. And I was like, I can just push this out there. And it wasn't a huge success, but it, you know, it took me three days or, you know, a week and it was something that I can promote whenever. Um, So really it's like ebbs and flows of freelance and when you get an idea, just like following through and, and trying it and seeing if it works and if it's fun. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. So, so I'm pretty sure, did you make back some of your vacation money that yeah. you spent? Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. Like, that's, that's stuff like that is awesome. Right. Yeah. It's like some of the, some projects you sort of look at as like, they're not going to pay your rent, but they're like spending money or they're just like, it feels good or you had fun doing it. So it was worth trying. Um, but just like if you were working at a full-time job, you know, for someone else, there's going to be things that you do that are not part of your job description. And that's kind of fun is like testing them out and seeing if you like it. I hate editing video. My computer hates it. So trying to do more like casual things, like just a really quick Skillshare class or a less formal tutorial is more fun for me. So it's a learning process. That's cool. And I like the fact that you, one of the things you, you talked about was like, you wanted something, you didn't see it out there in the market to learn it. So you learned it and then created a way that other people can learn it. Totally. Making some money from that. Talk a little I about think that. that's the best way to make a product. So with my planner, um, it's the same thing. I wanted a planner and I couldn't find one that fit what I needed. Now there's, you know, this was like 
eight years ago, but now there's so many planners. I'm sure you could find what you needed, but I just was like, I'm a designer. I could make it, you know? And then I put one out there. It wasn't the best materials, but it was like, let's see if I enjoy using it. And then I liked it and people liked it. So the next year and the next year, the next year, I would double how many I did. Um, how much do you make a year from all your freelance work? So like I said, I bring in like seven different resources. So I think it's really a personal choice. Um, where you live, what you want to do is how much do you want to bring? My goal is a hundred K every year. Um, and that doesn't mean a hundred K in my pocket. That means a hundred K bringing in and then like 30% for taxes and office expenses. And it's just like, it's such a, we are all focused around this number based on like how old we are, what lifestyle we want to live. But it's really like, if your goal is a thousand dollars a year in freelance, that's amazing. Like it's just such a different, um, we just shouldn't compare to someone else. If you, if you are home with children, then you need to make maybe less, or maybe you are providing for a double, um, two people and, you know, maybe your husband or your, your significant other. Um, and so I think just set your own based on like, how much are my expenses and what do I want to make so that I can live the lifestyle I want. And I work from home, so I don't have an office expense. I just have like, you know, my mortgage, um, and that's a choice. I was like, I don't want to pay for an office right now, but <laughs> soon I might might need to get out of the house more. Um, but that's a good question. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I definitely agree with you on that, especially on the fact that you said kind of tailor it to who you are, your life. Yeah. I think sometimes we get caught up and we see everyone's, like I see Eliana's snapshot of all the awesome stuff she's doing and not knowing the backstory of what's going on on her and kind of tailor it to who you are, what you would like to accomplish. Totally. Most, I think once you have like ideally what you want to accomplish, like for me and my wife, I know eventually we want to do like some serious traveling. Cool. the types of traveling that like we may go somewhere for like months and just be able to just live off what we are currently doing so everything yeah. we're doing is working towards that yeah funnel. and when I was working full-time and also running my business trying to like get it off the ground I was working full-time and then I was coming home and working full-time I mean I like, had no life but I was working towards a goal of knowing that my income would match my right. income and it doesn't match it surpasses it because I have to make way more because taxes and um you know, the risk involved is you need to make more to make up for it. And so it's just such a personal choice, but I think any, any goal you set for yourself is the right goal for you. You know, um, just like weight or, um, style or whatever is so personal. Like what I weigh at five, four versus someone else weighs at five, four is based on like so many things. (laughs) So if you can sort of say like, here's how much I need to make to cover my expenses. Um, here's where I'll feel, you know, it's not, it shouldn't be defined with success. It should just be like, here's what will make me feel like I can live the life that I'm comfortable with. And then getting really scrappy. Like, <laughs> yes. Love it. Don't just buy every course or every product, really figure out which one's going to be the most valuable for me because expenses are a lot. Um, and so if you're going to have these office expenses or supplies, like you need to 
really know what you're signing up for and track your expenses and know exactly where your money is going. That's a big deal. That is so true. All right. So I kind of know what you're going to say because I, I want you to say it. I'm about to ask you something. Okay. And I know a lot of people, people that are maybe are watching this one and go out there and do their own thing, kind of like quit their day job. Like, would your advice be to just, okay, I wake up on Monday morning. I'm tired of this. I'm quitting my day job. Let's go. Yeah, I would say no. <laughs> um, however, there are scenarios where people like get laid off and you're forced right. into it. And like right. that, you're, you That's can different. do it. But if you, I spent, I think three years sort of building up my business and I waited until I had a year's worth of salary that I could fall back on. Some people say three months, some people say, yeah, but I was, I'm married. I have a second income. You know, I have a husband and a family here that like, I wouldn't go hungry, but <laughs> if you can save up six months and, and give yourself six months, you know, I think three is really short because you might have one good month and two bad months, but then your fourth month might be better. So I would say if you can save up six months, then you can give freelance a shot for six months. And there are expenses, you know, you might need to buy a font or some textures to get the look you're trying, or you might need to take a course online to learn how to code some website or whatever. Um, but I would say if you can plan in advance for like, kind of looking at what the worst case scenario is. The worst case scenario is you go get a job mm -hmm. and you find what, I mean, it's not even a worst case. You find one you really want to do, or you put a time limit on it. Um, so I think the more planning you can do, the more you can set yourself up for success because you can be prepared for what's coming. I love that. And I knew you were going to bring up the whole idea of saving. I didn't know you saved for a year. That's, that's the yeah, real deal. I mean, I just, like we put every penny, I mean, we didn't do any home renovations. We didn't, we cooked every night. We really like my husband and I sat down and made a plan and really like stuck to our plan. I mean, I, I had no life. for that. <laughs> um, and, you know, I worked a job where I took every lunch break and I came home every night and I did my job um, and it, it worked out. But um, I think six, three months is just a, a little short to, to give yourself the opportunity to like, it's such a shift that I think you mm -hmm. need more than three months to like get adjusted and, and find your balance. And, you know, two things. Um, one, there's something that you said that you have to save more. You have to make your income more than actually what you are currently right. making. Cause I, sometimes we forget about like our current income, like our day job, that's covering expenses as a business that we don't know totally. about. <laughs> so like Creative <laughs> Cloud, your company pays for Creative Cloud or your health insurance. Like you have to pay for that still. I yeah. Mean, it's a lot. Or like your bookkeeping service. It's only mm. like 15 bucks a month, but, or to send invoices or credit card fees, like all of those things add up. And while they might not be the most expensive, like thousands of dollars, if you're just a single person, they could, they could end up being a couple hundred. Um, I think it's important to immediately when you know you want to freelance is to get started with bookkeeping and just like, it can be so simple. Like just look at what you're spending. And it, it, the goal is not to kind of make anyone okay you shouldn't do this but to be real and realistic about the possibilities and the different things that we're going you're going to 
encounter when you decide to kind of like go out on your own. Totally. The goal is just to set yourself up to be successful. The more you can do to like have your own back, the better. I mean, you can totally do it. And there are so many ways to do it. But if you can just do a couple things that will help you feel better, like if you love working out in the morning, setting your alarm and getting up in the morning will make you feel better. So if you can set your finances and like start budgeting now, then it will be way easier. Hey, Zoe, it'll be way easier when you, um, when you're a couple months down and you're like, okay, well, at least I'm set up to budget correctly. At least I know what I'm spending and I know what I can take home. That's cool. That's cool. And the fact that, you know, you and your husband kind of sat down and did this together and not just you going off and doing your thing. Cause you guys kind of have to work together for it to work. Yeah. I, I think that having a support system is the most important. And if you don't have those conversations and you don't have a spouse who believes in you or, a, or some family or whatever, a best friend who believes in you and who can be there for you when you're struggling or not sure that is, I mean, it could be a friend. It could be a cousin. It could be a parent, whatever it is. It could be a mentor. That to me was like the best. And I was so lucky to have that in so many different ways, like having teachers that I could call and ask for um, recommendations or having, you know, industry peers so I can say, Hey, how do I do this? Or I'm feeling down. Help me. (laughs) So important. So two things that have been reoccurring in the first two episodes were um, first two interviews was an email list. Mm -hmm. And we kind of touched on it was kind of tailoring it to your life and your situation and not being comparing yourself to get yourself in kind. You get into a rut when you try to do uh, do that. Yeah. What works for someone else is not going to work for you. And I like, I preach that because I have an email list and it's fine. Um, but having an email list that is small and engaged is way better than having, and it's nice because no one can see how big your email list is. Um, but the same on Instagram, like I have friends who have under a thousand followers and work with some of the biggest brands. I have other friends who have to post every single day and it's just a different approach. But I think at the end of the day, like find out where your people are. So if they're in their inbox, which everyone is, but if they respond well to these like one-on-one conversations with you with, you know, like an email, or if they respond well to Pinterest, then spend your time there and stop worrying about spending it everywhere. So you're so spread thin. Mm -hmm. Um, We all love Instagram because it's validating and it's like, um, it's an ego boost, but if your people aren't there, then I wouldn't waste your time. I'd convert them to your email list for sure. I love that. And I, something you talked about, which is super cool. And Dustin earlier, he talked about that. I mean, he has a large email list. Yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. He is segmented. So he has different groups. That's so when he sends an email out, there are certain groups that's getting that specific email. And I feel like with you, you said you had a smaller list, but it sounds like it's very, um, tailored to a specific. Yeah. First of all, I'm on like 12 of his list. Um, uh, but <laughs> so mine is mostly people who have shocked from my website because when you have like in a uh, website, not Etsy, it grabs everyone. And so then I can email them and follow up. It's something, one of my goals this year is to work on it. So I have under 
4,000 people, but a lot of them don't even open their email. So those people are really worthless. So actually Molly Jakes, which I think I'm saying her last name wrong. Um, she does a really great email. Like right now she's talking about it on her highlights on her feed, how Mm -hmm. she's decreasing her number and getting rid of people who aren't opening it and just making more room for the people who do want to be there because it makes her conversion better, which helps her, um, grow her list. And so, I think for me, I have segments as well. I have people who have taken one-on-one workshops or not one-on-one, but small group workshops in person. Um, and then I have people who have purchased from me and then people who like signed up for a specific, um, like an opt-in. Um, and I think, you know, I don't, I try and treat my email list. Like I want to be treated on someone else's. Like I don't want an email every day. I don't want an email every week. And so on my website, it says, do you want irregular updates and maybe a coupon? <laughs> and so, you know, I, I, it is my goal to work on it more this year because I'm seeing that people are sending me more like, Hey, Lana, what's up? Like, I just wanted to pop in your email and there's no like gimmicks. There's no like fancy design. It's just like a note. And I actually find that much more enjoyable when they're, it's almost like a blog post. Um, where they're like directing a specific content at me. And I really like that, but I, also unsubscribe from most email lists. So it's like a, like a catch 22 where I'm like, I want to give good content to the people who want it, but I don't want to, you have to have separate ones. Um, because some people don't want the content about my shop. They only want it about growing your business. That was like a long winded answer. It's a great answer. But for some (laughs) reason, one of the biggest things that I've been talking about was, um, not just trading time for money. And I feel like there's one thing that you did with the book and I wanted you to talk to a little bit of process about how you got the book going and all of that stuff. You can go ahead and talk. So I think that's a really good point is time. Time isn't just money or, you know, whatever that phrase is, but the book is a risk to be honest. Um, when you sign a book deal and you put a ton of work, I mean, I've been working on the book for like three, three years. Um, and it's been done for almost a year. So it's a ton of work that I, you know, you get in advance and that depends on your publisher, but I have no idea how many copies it's going to sell and it's a royalty. So I have no idea. And so while I feel really confident because of the team I'm working with, um, I did it because I cared and I really, really wanted to write a book about this subject. And I had this idea after something happened several years ago and I reached out to publishers. And so I'm going to release a course on Skillshare about sort of the process mm, and cool. with my publishers to like answer some questions that they get asked a lot um, without giving away, like in, there's no like industry secret because <laughs> I'm not a publisher. So I'm just going to give away my experience and what I learned as, as an artist wanting to write a book. And so um, I don't know. It's so early. It's only been out for three months. It's doing well. But um, I also don't get to interact with people who buy it. If they buy it on Amazon or in a store, I don't have their email list. I don't have their address. I don't know their name. Um, So hopefully they'll find me on Instagram or they'll find me on my website and I'll get to talk to them. But otherwise, I hope that I can just make an impact on their life. And and if they need me for something, they'll, they'll reach out. So we'll see. Ooh, that's that's crazy though. I know. So so everything is basically going through the platform they buy it on. 
Yeah, pretty much. Like if they buy it at a store, if they buy it at Barnes and Noble. Right. I don't know. So what about online? Like if they buy it online? They buy it on Amazon. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. So I just sort of wait for my quarterly reports. Um, if you self-publish, you know, and you have control. So there's definitely some. Oh, right, uh, right, right, right. So it's, it, it's basically going through the publisher's account when it comes yeah. to like online Amazon and stuff like but that. But I okay. don't think Amazon has collects that sort of information for anyone. I'm not totally sure on that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Barnes Noble or um, the other stores that it's going to be in, it's going to be sold at Anthropology, which is really cool. I'm so excited. Um I will never know if someone bought it there unless they have time to follow up somewhere else. Oh, that's okay. But there's one thing that you did where I didn't even, and we talked a little bit about it on our interview when I had you on yeah. my podcast, was the idea that you reached out to publishers. Yeah. And I want to let people know that you can do that. You can reach out to publishers. Not everyone yeah. is going to be reached out to not yeah. everyone's going to come to you. Yeah, you got to ask for what you want. Um, I saw this thing the other day where someone was saying, like, she saw there was an opening and she had never heard. It was for a doctor. There was, mm. like, someone left a residency at the space that her husband wanted to be. And she they called and said, can we transfer? And they said, yes. Nice. And it's like, who would think that you could do that? Can I see the cover of that book? Yeah, it's called Mind Your Business. I just happen to have it right next to me at all times. And we're going to give away one. I'm, we're going to let you know how you're going to get it. But we're going to give away one, yeah. right? Okay, so cool. So cool. Text. Did I submit? Wait, I don't know. I don't understand that question. Did you submit a proposal, oh. a proposal or a text form email? Basically, if you did, you just send an email or did you put like a... I put together. together. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll be sharing the, like what I included in that in the Skillshare class, which will not be out anytime soon, maybe like two months or so, but, um, I'll share it on Instagram. If you guys follow me, I will share when I come out with that. So I'm going to give you like the down and dirty of how I made a proposal and like what research I did because the proposal I worked on for like a year before I reached out. Ah, thanks. Oh, that's nice. A year. See, like, yeah. I just, and that's, that's work. So, like, I know you see Ileana, she came out with the book, but she was putting a lot of work in yeah. behind the scenes oh, yeah. before the book came out. Yeah. Like, I, I was talking to someone because I'm, like, soft launching and coaching, and um, I told them that you're probably going to have to, like, write um, oh, you gonna have to write for like a long time, like yeah. at least nine months before you even know that this is something that you want to do. They want to write totally. like a novel, yeah. type, you know what I mean? Yeah. You can't just have an idea and be like, I think this is a good idea. You need to have a ton of research, competitive research. You need to know where it would be sold. You need to know what books it's next to. There's so, so much to know. And so I took a year writing a proposal. I took another year working with the publisher and then a year like waiting for it to come out. Um, it's, it's really cool. And thank you for your comments, Craft Belly. I don't know your first name, so I can't refer to you, but I know your work. So thank you. Awesome. Right. This is so cool. This is so yeah, cool. So this is cool. great. So, cool. so, all right. So we want to give away this book. All right. Do you have a way you want to give away the book? Um, I mean, no pressure. Yeah. No pressure. Uh, okay. I'll it's figure something out. Okay, yeah. I'll we'll do like a post or something and they have to comment or something or 
for people who are here. Yeah, we probably would just do it for people that are here. So what I've been doing, I haven't really been changing much. I've sure. just been like, okay, y'all take a screenshot of this and share, share it. stories. Yeah, share it to your stories or on your feed. And I will pick. I'm looking at the time, so I'll know the timestamp after. Perfect. So just do that. Take a screenshot. Yeah, take a screenshot. And... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there was one post person for earlier. They took a screenshot. They posted in the um, on the stories like, "Sorry for the crazy face, Daryl." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, just take a screenshot of this and post it on your stories or on your feed, and I'll let Ileana know okay. who we're going to get it. Awesome! So. Thank you. This is great. Congratulations, and thanks everyone for showing up. And can't wait to talk to you all. All right, Ileana. Talk soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I hope it's been super valuable to you and you're now ready to take your audience building, your community growing to the next level to help you and help me build our empire, for lack of a better word, or just to build our thing. Um, remember to stop by iTunes, Passion Behind the Art, and leave a review and subscribe. It's very important to me. It helps the podcast grow. And it makes me feel good to kind of hear from you guys to know what you like about this podcast, what it's done for you. So jump on iTunes and subscribe and leave a review. Passion Behind the Art. Be blessed.